Blog Talk Radio. Driving? No particular You're listening to The Copy Coup Show. Copy Coup Show. Live from New York. Broadcasting worldwide on Blog Talk Radio. Latino talk show on the internet on Black Talk Radio. My name is George Torres, and you're here with La Chica Que Pica. Que Pica, mi gente. I'm here. Que Pica. (laughs) And uh, we are here uh, again on the Capicu Show, broadcasting worldwide from New York City. And uh, we have a very special episode here for you tonight. Tonight, we're going to be talking about diabetes. Right, Chica? Yep, I'm here. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm having a little about... bit of technical difficulty. Yeah, g- give me a right. sec. I'm here. All right. So anyway, tonight we're going to be kicking off our really big Porto Familia social media campaign, uh, which is going to be multimedia. It's going to be uh, on Black Talk Radio, of course. That's where we're setting it off. Uh, we're going to start and engage Latinos in a national conversation about social media that's going to culminate with a big event in the Bronx called La Feria de Salud. So tonight, we're really going to talk about a lot of the myths and misconceptions about diabetes. We're going to answer some questions live on the air. We have some great experts that are going to weigh in and give you some information that's going to be very valuable. We also have La Boricua Goddess who's going to be in the chat room, uh, giving out very important – she's going to be giving out some links. Uh, giving you very valuable resources. We're going to give you all types of websites. So I, if I were you, I would take like two seconds right now. Make sure you have a pad and a paper so you can take down some notes while we're, we're having the show. And if for any reason you can't do that right now, don't worry about it. This show will be downloadable. 
via iTunes or on Blog Talk Radio in, in the our archive section. Uh, it will be the featured uh, podcast of this month after we uh, finish the show tonight. Uh, so if you want to engage with us a little bit deeper, you could actually jump in and uh, call us at 646-716-7745 and be sure to join Blog Talk Radio so that we know who you are and we can engage with you in the chat room. It just makes for a better conversation. Right, Chica? That's right. We're always here to talk and educate. Absolutely. So I see people starting to come into the room. I want to say hi to everybody that's there. Uh, Wicho, what's going on? Uh, Wicho is uh, hitting us up from Florida. Uh, he's a regular listener. Um, so I'm very excited to be here tonight. I think that this uh, is a very necessary show. A lot of people don't know this, but we, before we first first started the, the radio show here, we actually did an uh, episode on diabetes. And uh, that one's buried in the archives, but we're going to bring that one back, actually. There's some really, really great clips that I want to, like, uh, cut out and, and actually play on future shows. So we're going to definitely bring that one back to the forefront. But tonight we're having a new conversation. And this conversation is very important, especially because um, this event happening in the Bronx, a lot of Latinos are engaged in social media, but we need to reach a younger audience. We need to get people while they're younger we need to uh, to work on prevention. We need to work on really heavy education. So this is going to be a really big step in that direction. I want to thank all the platforms that actually have joined and signed up already to help us out. This week we've been recruiting online, and I'm proud to say that we have a great group of uh, platforms that have agreed to help us out, like Being Latino, uh, DigiBunch, Latism, Hispanicize, Latina Mom Bloggers, uh, Latino Rebels. I mean, we have a great, great, great group of people that are actually joining in to start this conversation. And I have to say that so far I'm looking at the numbers and I'm looking at how many people are engaging online, and the numbers are very, very impressive. Um, so, yeah, anyway, um, we're here. And uh, are you okay over there? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> okay. All right, so we're going to go to a quick music break, and when we come back, we are going to have Janice Hidalgo from iPro, and she's going to talk to us about some of the original, you know, some of the beginning uh, stages of diabetes prevention and things of that nature. So stay with us. We're right here on Radio Capicu on Blog Talk Radio.
mi gente en vivo desde los New Yorkers te hablan del Capicucho en bilingüe what's up what's up chica how you doing I'm doing much better I got my issues taken care of I'm ready to talk and educate and hopefully find ways to prevent diabetes in our community absolutely and here about. to help us and here to help us have that conversation we have a very very special guest Janice Hidalgo who is the Director Hi. of Patient and Family Engagement Programs for IPRO. Okay. Hi, guys. Welcome, Janice. Thank you for having me. 
in, in addition to being um, part of IPRO, she's also the chair for this year's Porto Familia Feria de Salud. So wow, she is part, she's the head of the committee. She's the head of the committee, and, in the, you know, in addition to all the great work that she does professionally, she also volunteers her time to make sure that um, people who are in uh, underserved areas actually get some of that same assistance that she provides on a professional level. So thank you, Janice, for being here. Oh, thank you guys for having me. This is awesome. All right. So I, I think that the, before we start anything, because this is a show that we haven't done in a long time, I think it's very right. important that we actually define what diabetes is for people out there so that we could really start that conversation from, from the first step. All right. So um, most of you know that um, it's been in the news a lot lately this past year. Diabetes is an epidemic, and it is taking over specifically the Hispano-Latino families in New York City and around the world, actually. So it's very important that we understand and, and clarify sometimes the confusions. There's three types of diabetes. Type 1 diabetes is the type of diabetes to, you know, sum it up where you don't have, where your body does not produce enough insulin, and insulin is what helps the body um, manage the sugar and the blood sugar in, in your body. Type 2 diabetes is what most of people that are elderly have, and um, right now it's very scary because type 2 diabetes is starting to um, be more prevalent in the youngsters. And that's something that worries us. It's mostly because of obesity. So type 2 diabetes says when your body, the, the insulin that you have does not work well enough. You still have insulin, but you need a little help with it. And you also have gestational diabetes, which is the diabetes that um, it's developed when you're pregnant um, in some women. But if you don't take care of it, and then within five to six years in a woman that had gestational diabetes, if, if lifestyle changes are not made, it can be developed to type 2 diabetes. So it's basically when you do not um, follow a healthy uh, lifestyle with type 2 especially, what happens is that all the carbs and the food that you eat in excess will go over and spill, you know, in, in a layman's term, to your sugar, and then that's going to cause high blood sugar. Mm. So. Janice, can we also talk a little bit about pre-diabetes? Because I know, um, I actually know some people who kind of have it, and I just want to educate some other people on it so we could all be more aware of it. Sure. The best way to for you to know if you have pre-diabetes, it's to make sure that you go to your doctor and you, you know, you take some tests. Um, already by being Hispanic, we are predisposed. If you are overweight, that's another risk factor. So the risk factors of, of having diabetes and, you know, before that the prediabetes is that if you're overweight, um, you have to check with your doctor what your BMI is, which is your body mass index. So if you're mm -hmm. overweight, you're Hispanic, and you have um, family history of diabetes, you definitely must check it. And even if you don't have all of the three, it's important that as Hispanics we take care of ourselves and we go to the doctor and we ask what our A1C1 our A1C number needs to be known by everybody. And I have a pet peeve because with this number, this is a, a test that it's done. At the same time, you take your cholesterol. You know, it's it's blood work. It's very easy. It's, you know, you go in and you go out. And if you go to your doctor regularly every year, you should just ask them to that you want to know what your A1C level is. So for somebody that does not have diabetes, 
you want to have an A1C below 6.5. If you have an A1C be, uh, 6.5 to 6.7, you will be diagnosed with diabetes. So prediabetes is is just it's, it means that if you don't take care of yourself, you will de- develop diabetes in the near future. So if you're really close to the 6.5. That's considered prediabetes, so you need to make sure that you take the necessary steps to avoid them, which I'm sure we're going to talk about in a few. Okay, great, great. And is that mostly diet and exercising, or is that also medication? With prediabetes, no. It's just a healthy lifestyle. Medications are often um, provided or uh, your doctor will give you medication when your diabetes is uncontrolled. Many, many, many people, and we work with seniors, have had diabetes uh-huh. for 20, 30 years, and they're off their medication because they're living a healthy lifestyle. So yeah. the doctors will give you medication where your diabetes is uncontrolled. And, you know, that's a great question because there's a confusion between what is controlled diabetes and uncontrolled diabetes. So you can have diabetes and live a healthy, healthy life, if you have it controlled, and you could do the same activities that you do, and your doctor may take off you may take you off your medication if you are controlling your diabetes. So you control your diabetes with you know a healthy lifestyle. I don't like to say exercise all the time because it could be dance and it could be whatever it is. It's just that you need to have an active lifestyle, um, mm-hmm. eating healthier which means doesn't mean that you have to stop eating what you're eating. It's just that you have to you know. Uh, have portion control and reduce the fat intake, which is good for everybody. There's no such thing as a diabetic diet. Um, everybody that has, everybody in the world should be eating like they say that diabetics should eat, which is healthier. You know, your greens, portion control. Um, the FDA.gov website has the MyPlate.gov page, and okay. you know, the, you, you don't use the pyramid anymore. Um, and that's that's a great way to start without you having to measuring and, and doing a, a lot of changes. By following that method is one of the steps that you can, um, you know, take towards controlling your diabetes. So you you can have diabetes. You might be pre-diabetic, but you know what? It's not the end of the world. All you have to do is read, get educated, and change a little things here and there, and you will be on your way to a healthier life. So basically, well, the what you said. I'm sorry, sorry, I was going to ask one quick question. <laughs> I want to ask first. No, I want to know. Don't fight, don't fight. <laughs> no. um, I want to know, uh, so, so it's basically a, a misconception that we can't eat some of the foods that we like to eat culturally as Latinos. Right. So, you know, we have, I know, you know, we, we are in the community a lot and we, you know, with Fadia and, and, you know, at my job at iPro. And what we do is that we go to the community and we offer workshops. And, you know, one of the most fascinating things is that when we're talking about food, you know, that's when all people want to come because they want to know what they can eat and cannot eat. And they're amazed when we tell them, yes, you can keep eating your arroz con gandules. Why not? You know, it's just a matter of you can't eat you know, two cups of arroz con andule with cuatro papas and four yucas and then el pastelón, you have to eat where it's balanced. So you can have your arroz and you can have a little of pernilla, and you, but you can't eat everything at the same time. And And the mm-hmm. reason for that is, and this is the way that I explain it to my seniors, is that, you know, God didn't give you an unlimited amount of insulin, Right. And um, what happens is that in our 20s, our 30s, and our 40s, 
we are eating everything under the sun, and, you know, culturally, that's what we do. You know, you have to scrape your plate. You know that that's how we roll. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you don't do that, then, you know, it's it's peer pressure with your family. Termina el plato, exactly. lámbelo. You know what I mean? So, Oh, absolutely. You know so, how many you know, since we're hungry? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So culturally, this has been ingrained in, in our system, and this is how we think. And, you know, you, you take this all the way until you're 80 and 90. So what happens is that, you know, the best way that I can explain this so you can understand, and, and you know, the folks on, on, on the other side is that, you're, you don't have an unlimited amount of insulin, you know. And when in, in our 20s, 30s, and 40s, and 50s, we're eating everything under the sun and scraping that plate and even, you know, having seconds because we don't want to upset anybody, what happens is that you're making your insulin pump more insulin than it should, right? So what happens is that everything that you eat that contains carbohydrates and starch, it's everything, it's it's, those are sugars as well, and that's a big misconception right. that I would like to clarify later also because people think that it's just chocolate and sweets, and that's not it. So el arroz, la papa, la yuca, el plátano, el flan, eh, la masa de los gandules, la masa de los pasteles, all of that, when you eat it at the same time in one sitting, you're giving your body way too much carbohydrates and the insulin it's, you know, pumping, 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 trying to balance that out. So when you're in your 60s and your 70s and your 80s, you don't have that much insulin anymore. So when you eat it, it's just there's, the insulin can't work as well as it worked when you, when you were 40 and 30. So that's why you can continue to eat what you're eating. It's just that you can't have everything in one sitting. So as as a and I'll finish this topic with this as a um way for you to measure that internally, right? You should start reading your labels and you should know that for every regular meal, I'm talking about breakfast, lunch and dinner. This is very simple. If you want to control your blood sugar, and all you have to do is between your lunch for every regular meal, for example, breakfast, um, lunch, and dinner, as I said, you should not consume more than from 45 to 65 grams of carbs, right, per meal. That amount of carbohydrates, you know, between 45 and 65 per meal, that's the great amount that you can have where you're going to be filled and your body can produce the insulin that it needs. When you overstep that, then your 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 pancreas has to work harder. So just to give you an idea and open up, um, 45 grams of carbs, a, a third of a cup of rice have 15 grams of carbs. A third of a cup. Who eats a third of a cup? Nobody, right? Mm-hmm. So if you eat a full, <laughs> if you eat a full cup of rice, you know you 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 multiply that by three, you already have your 45. So that means that what do you have? 20 carbs to go, and that's not the way we eat. So it's not about not eating; it's about being conscious that we can have a plate of all carbs at the same time. And that's that's a quick tip right there. So basically, yeah, what you're I think carbs, carbs turn into sugar. Right, exactly. Right, exactly. It turns into with. sugar. And, you know, when you're reading your labels, I have this amazing story, and I, I, it, this is incredible because I had this senior not not a few, just a few weeks ago in, in the Bronx, and she, you know, we have an exercise where we, and we do this with Fidia as well, 
She brings me a box of tamarindos, and this is why it's so important that you guys read the labels because it's ridiculous what I saw. She brought a uh, we we have an exercise where they need to bring their um, nutritional labels that they have at the house, things that they eat regularly, so we can you know work with it. And she brings mm-hmm. this box of tamarindos, and you know I know the sugar was going to be high, but whatever. So it was like seventy five carbs or something per ounce, and she eats like half a box every morning. And she was feeling weird because her sugars were just too high, and she didn't know why. But you know why she didn't know? Because in the box, the the tamarindo said that it had 75 carbs, and it said it had zero sugars, which clearly was a typo. And this was she bought this at a bodega, you know, where they bring the send the stuff via UPS, and they don't, you know, or FedEx or whatever, they don't go through customs. So clearly mm-hmm. she bought this at a place where, you know, it was not um, federally reg- regulated. But bec- what I'm trying to say is that because the box said zero sugar, she thought that she was fine. Where she, was clear, yeah. she didn't understand that it's the carbs that she needed to pay attention to. And it's just amazing, and that's why educating yourself is the best way to go. You know, you have to ask questions and you have to participate in free, you know, opportunities like the one that we offer with the ADA. And that uh, website that you gave earlier for myplate.gov, that would show the information as well? Oh, absolutely. If you, yes. If you go to myplate.gov, um, it, it's in English and it's also in Spanish. You can go on the re- on the link on the right and it will guide you and it will show you um, different types of of plates for kids, for seniors, for adults. It's it's a very well organized website and it's actually in more languages as well. And that is what is, you know, it's substituting the 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 pyramid that we used to have before. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So we add into that our cultural uh references of, you know, come ma, come ma, some flaca, some flaca and yeah, you know, exactly. I remember my grand my grandmother was a big proponent of if you don't eat twice that means you didn't like it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> she would Yeah, yeah, you you know, then you're that. banned you're banned from the house, you know, you yeah. can't do and, that. And then I think also you have the American way of thinking where bigger is better. So the more food on your plate, you know, the right. better off doing materialistically. So it's kind right. of like a a double-edged sword. <laughs> yeah. No, and you know, and and it's important, and and you know, it's 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 a big big it's it's a huge misconception. It's actually really sad because you know, um, some people just make diabetes. It is it is. Listen, it, it's the worst because diabetes affects all of your body, um, which is why you know there's so much talk about it right now when you have diabetes. So you know, every organ in your body is you know, it's fed by the blood, right? So from your head to your toes, you you can be affected by uncontrolled diabetes if you don't take care of yourself. So, you know, sugar spilled in the blood and, you know, having high blood sugar all the time is going to affect your eyes because you have those little, you know, the capillaries that are in your eyes that, you know, it, they're going to burst and that's an issue. So you can have neuropathy, which means that, you know, the blood is not circulating well. So neuropathy means damage to your nerves, um, you know, and kidney. And, of course, heart disease. Heart disease is the number one killer of people with diabetes. And it, everything has to do with everything. So living a healthier lifestyle and just just by educating yourself, just by looking beyond, you know, what it is that you're comfortable with. If you want to live a healthier life, 
Um, you have to just make those small changes. And, you know, little by little, it can be overwhelming. Um, but with a good team by your side and, and the knowledge, there's so much information out there. It's It's almost, you know, ridiculous that people don't, um, you know, follow these simple rules. But then again, you know, people like you, this is what we need. We need partners like you so we can just go out and say this is not as bad as long as you educate yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're mm-hmm. so happy that you guys have us. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, also, you know, I just wanted to ask you, Janice, type 2 diabetes, is this something that can be prevented or is it something that we're just already predisposed to get? Oh, ty- absolutely. Yes, no, definitely type 2 diabetes can be prevented, Um, just like I said before. So if you already know that you have one uh, out of the three, like if you're overweight or you have a family history of diabetes um, or you live a really, really sedentary lifestyle, lifestyle, I'm sorry, those are things that you need to, you know, like, hmm, be honest with yourself. And right, right. Just go on and, and, you know, you don't have to tell anybody. Look yourself in the mirror and look at yourself and say, hmm, I should have this checked, you know. Some of the symptoms are, you know, if you're urinating frequently, if you feel a lot of thirst, if you get fatigued, you know, by not a lot of exercise. Blurry vision is a big one. And and we sometimes, what happens is that, you know, we are not, we, we're we always fine, you know, and in the Latino community, forget it, you know, we're never sick, we're fine. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. could be, you know, we can have, have La Tormenta next to us and we'll be fine. But you know why? You have to be honest with yourself. You have to have that conversation with yourself and say, listen, it's not going to take a lot. I have to do a physical every year. In my next physical, I'm going to ask my doctor to do my A1C, and that's a capital A, number one, and a C. And it's 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 this you can do that blood test when you do your cholesterol, which we have to do anyway every year, right? Mm-hmm. So just ask mm-hmm. what your A one C is. You and don't and please don't let the doctor say, Oh, you're fine. No. Ask them the number. Exactly. it aggravates me when patients tell me, Oh no, no, yo fui a mi médico y me dijo que estaba bien. Ajá, ¿cuál es el A no sé? Ay nena, yo no sé, pero él me dijo que estaba bien. No, you mm. have to ask for your number. You know why? Because the A1C is, you know how when you test your blood sugar on a daily basis, let's say you have diabetes, um, and you test your blood sugar on a daily basis with your glucometer, right? The The glucometer, what it does is that it tells you what your sugar level is at that specific moment in time. And that's going to vary depending on... Did you do exercise? Did you not? What did you eat? Did you not eat? Are you stressed? Stress is a big one, and people don't even understand that. Oh, wow. Diabetes a lot. Oh, yeah. So, you know, yes, stress is a big one with people with diabetes. So, you know, you can have high or low blood sugar, and in that moment, that's your blood sugar in that specific second that you took it, right? Okay. And it could be a little high, it could be a little low. Who knows? Now, the A1C test. Is the it's like I call it. It's a sugar. It's it's your it's a blood test with a memory. So the A1C is going to tell you and your doctor how has your sugar been behaving for the past three to six months, and it'll give mm-hmm. you an average. Okay, so it's not just on a daily basis. It's 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 going to tell on an average of three to six months what has your sugar been, and. The cl- if you have diabetes, the closer to seven you bring it means that you have it controlled. 
if you don't have diabetes, you should be having an A1C less than 6.5. And you ha- and if you have 6.4, 6.5, that means that you're pre-diabetes. So that means that you need to start making changes ASAP. And if you have it, you know, below 6, 5 or whatever, then that it's you're good, right? But just because you're good this year doesn't mean that you shouldn't check your A1C every year anyway. And doctors are are sometimes reluctant of doing the A1C for whatever reason. I'm not an expert, but it's it's not something that is going to cost you more, so just have them do it regardless. If you don't have diabetes, you always want to don't know that number. Absolutely. And you know what? It's funny because I I I got diagnosed a little bit over 2 years ago now. And uh I started off with an A1C of 14. Mm-hmm. which was crazy, and it had to do with the fact that I was hospitalized. But now I'm at 6.7. Oh, so my I've, I've God, a, that's I've, I've amazing. I've done a lot to bring it down. So it, oh, it's, my uh, God, it's, George, that's amazing. With every, it's not, you know. It's not easy. It's no, not it's, not. Easy. And, and, it's not. And you know what's really funny? Um, and, and somebody just asked this question. There's, there's two questions, actually, that came into Twitter. And one of the questions is, si tengo la azúcar, they said in Spanish, if I have my sugar under control, is it okay to have candy? Is it okay to have sugary things that I used to like? Is it okay to cheat, in other words, if my blood sugar is low? You, you know what? If you don't cheat, you're setting yourself up for failure, right? So I don't even mm-hmm. call it cheating. It's just you have to be mindful of the, of how many carbs you're having in that meal. So if you're – one trick that you could do is that you ha, you can have your meal. Let's say you had your, your arroz or your yuca or whatever it is that you had – you know, wait an hour before you have that that um that dessert. Or okay. you know, if you're gonna have a, a dessert or a snack, snacks never should should never be more than twenty grams of carbs. So if you follow that, you can have your cheese, you you, you can have your, your chocolate, you can have your candy, whatever as long as you keep it in that, you know, amount of carbs. And and people need to also be aware of of non sugary items. And this, you know, and I'm telling you, there's so much information out there. We need, like, five hours. But now that you're talking about candy, um, it's very important that you understand and you read. And don't believe me. When the next time you guys go to the supermarket, go to the to the cookie aisle and, 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 and read up the labors of the non-sugar cookies, for example. And you're going to see that on the back it says zero carbs and it's going to say zero sugar, but... Check out the fat content on those items. It's very, very high. And then it doesn't have sugar, but it's going to have sugar chemicals that are called sorbitol, and those things make you go to the bathroom like there's no tomorrow. So they're not. Yep, exactly. And that that's not good okay. for you because that's sugar alcohol, it's sorbitol, it's all of those things, chemical things that you don't need. And on top of that, the content in fat because, you know, they have to get the flavor somewhere, right? So the content of fat is really really high. So you might have your carbs in check, but then you're eating fatty foods. So you're better off choosing snacks and items that have their carbs you just don't have to eat the whole packet. Remember, guys. You let's say you you buy a packet of Oreos. Those that they send in the in, that they sell in the vending machines, the one that come in mm-hmm. fours or chocolate chips, whatever cookie it is, it doesn't matter. So you, they come in a snack pack, and we give that to our children as well. So you need to be aware that sometimes some of those um, items, and they're delicious, and everybody eats them, but it does tell you that there's two servings there. 
So if the serving exactly. size is two cookies and you're eating the whole packet because it's nice and compact, you have to count that as double. So if, for example, the, the packet of four cookies say that it has 15 carbs of 15 carbs per serving and the serving size is two servings, you already know that if you eat the whole packet, you have to multiply 15 times two. So that's 30 carbs you're eating right there. So yeah. you you have to know these things, and, and it's a lot easier than what it sounds because once you get accustomed to reading the label, you're going to be like, oh, my God, this is crazy. I'm not going to buy this. And the better off you are because things that you don't buy and you put in your cupboard, things that you're not going to eat. So it's not mm-hmm. about deprivation. It's not about having your favorite candy. It's about knowing whether that the amount of carbs of that item is something that I should have or not have or, you know, how is my bank today, you know? Um, right, right. Am, am I going to eat more leafy greens so I can have my flan later? That's a choice that you have to make. But you have right. to know now, the amount. Now with the carbs, I'm sorry. With the Go carbs ahead. now, when you when you have something that has 15 carbs, for example, are you also adding the sugar, or are you taking that into account as well, or are they one and the same? Because that that's something George, I've, I've that's, had confused about. Yeah, that's an amazing. That's a really really good question. So if you have when you look at the nutrition label, you're going to see that it says total amount of carbs in bold, right? And below that, you have uh, the sugar, the the fiber, and then if it's a sugar-free item, you're going to have the, the chemicals right under there. So what happens? if you When you count the carbs, you don't have to count whatever it's down there below it because it's all amounted into the carbs. So okay. the, the number of carbs is what really matters. Now I have a cheat for you. When you buy items that are high in fiber, right, and let's say that you buy – Bread is a it's a great example. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now why you should have whole grain versus white immediately, and it's the cheating part what excites me. So you take uh, you take bread and you're buy, you're gonna buy a, a a high fiber bread, whatever bread it is, and it's gonna tell you that it has 30, 20 grams of carbs per slice, but it has five grams of fiber. So what you do with those items that have fiber is that you deduct the fiber from the carbs. And that now is a total of 15 carbs instead of 20 because the, the, the more fiber an item has, you can deduct that from your carbs. So that's why you need to choose items that have carbohydrates. But if they have fiber, you can immediately deduct that from your carbs and you're going to be eating less carbs just because it has fiber. And you'd wow. probably be more full as well. A lot of people, of yeah, exactly. And a lot of people don't know that. So when you're making yourself a sandwich or whatever, that's why it's so important that, you know, it's it's very difficult to make, you know, a, a one-slice sandwich, for example. But right, right. if you, you know, the white bread is not going to have the fiber. So with the whole grain, you're going to be able to deduct that fiber, hence it's going to have less carbs. And that's true with a lot of other items that are high that are ca- that have carbs but you see that little number of fiber you deduct that baby right away and you're going to have less uh, carbs. Nice. You know Janice, one thing I wanted to ask also is I know we're talking about foods but you know let's be honest with Latino that means Mozambique Yeah. Right? Everybody I'm, I'm famous for doing my show doing the show with George with a rum and coke in my hands. That's right. So, Shut up. I Shut up. <laughs> 
Diet Coke. I wanted to talk a little bit about that, you know, about uh, I don't think people realize the sugar content that's in liquor as well. So can we talk a little bit about that as well and how we can figure that out? No, shit, definitely. You know, everything in moderation, and I know that, you know, people have heard this, you know, enough, enough, but also because, you know, when you have diabetes, alcohol tends to lower your sugar, and um, you think that it because it, it has sugar, it will, you know, it 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 will um, elevate it, but it actually, you know, alcohol is something that it's it's not good for you to abuse when you have diabetes, and um, especially... You know, if you do it in a social um, atmosphere or whatever and you control yourself, that's great. But you, you have to keep in mind that sometimes with alcohol, when you're, you're drinking, you know, you have, you're, you're taking medication, you have to be careful with that as well. And that is a question that, you know, people need to understand that it's okay to ask your doctor. It's okay because you, a lot of us, le mentimos al médico, you know, we don't want to tell the doctor right. what we're really doing. Y entonces, then we, you know, whatever Titi Mari and Tio Jose says, that's what goes, and that's mm-hmm. not really it. And in our culture, just as with food, if you don't drink that beer that they served you, you know, you're banned of the house as well. So you have mm-hmm. to be honest with your family as well, you know, and, and, you know, that's the decision that you have to make as a family, you know, when you go out um, and and you try to balance it out. But it does affect it, and, it, and it, you, you need to make sure that, you know, you don't save your calories from food to drink because that's not good either. So, you know, if you have it under control and you have your beer or two, that's great. Try to have beers that have less carbs because they are out there. Um, and just mix it out and make sure that, that you have a, a healthy diet during the day because you don't want to crash either. And one of the things that, you know, now that you're speaking of alcohol is that, you know, people also have to be aware, family members too, that, you know, I've had patients in, in the community when we do these workshops that, you know, you they have this sense of fatality. And um, I had a patient once that he was type he was type one, and because he had the insulin and the insulin did the work for him, he would just sit down. He was almost four hundred pounds. He would eat everything under the sun and just you know hit him himself with with insulin and drink whatever he wanted. But he was also four hundred pounds and he was not taking care of himself. And um, you know you you have to make sure that you get to a state where you are aware of of what could happen if you just let yourself go. And, right. you know, you you just have to be honest with yourself, like I said before, and have this, you know, this needs to be a family conversation as well. Um, social drinking, I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as you plan your day, you know, and you eat accordingly. And if you think it's an issue with your medication, you definitely need to talk to your doctor. Absolutely, okay. hands down. But the most alcohol is made from sugar, right? Yeah. So you have to take that into account. Oh, absolutely. And also medication. You know, it's yeah. very important when um when you go out and you um if when you go to visit your specialists or if you get a cold or when you're sick, it's very important that, that your doctors, all of them, know that you have diabetes and that mm-hmm. you're on medication if that is the case because Maybe they will prescribe you something for your cold that is very high in sugar. So oh, they need okay. to know that so they give you a prescription that is not high in sugar because that's going to mess up your your sugar levels and you're already sick, you know. Right. So I that's see. something that's something that is important that you take into account as well. 
Now we have, we have a question questions. here in the chat room. Yeah, Boricua Goddess is asking uh, about red wine, how how that affects blood sugar. Um, not sure. You have to each read the label. Um, I, I, you know, if if you're gonna have it, you know, socially as a snack or what have you, you just have to make sure that it is gonna be high in sugar. I can tell you that right now because it's red right, wine right. and grapes. But um, again, this is not about not having that glass of wine. What are you gonna eat with it? What did you have before? Is it part right. of a meal? You know, just make sure that you balance it out and don't have. The whole, I don't think that the whole bottle for anyone is good, whether you have diabetes or not. <laughs> but, um, you know, a lot, a lot yes, you have to plan. Uh, listen, you can't get in a car and say that you're going to go to Texas right now without a GPS, right? right you can't right. live your life without planning, whether you have diabetes or not. Those, If you want to lose weight, if you want to, you know, improve whatever, you always have to have a plan. And, you know, Make sure that if you're having that glass of wine that you have a little cheese or you have something, you know, some protein so it balances it out so you're not just drinking and drinking and, and you know, not being aware. Um, but, yeah, definitely. And, you know, how did you behave during the day? Were you, you know, did you eat, you know, a big pan of rice and beans and, you know, cuatro batatas and three yucas and then you're having the glass of wine? That's the same <laughs> if you had a Coke. So, yeah. you know, you have to balance it out. For the record, you just ruined what he got us this evening. <laughs> but, um, we have another she question. can have her glass. We have another question that came into um, Facebook, uh, through private message. Um, they're asking about neuropathy. You touched on that a minute ago. So um, I wanted you to kind of touch a little bit on what neuropathy really is in detail and also yeah. how important foot care is when you when you find out you're <laughs> diabetic. Oh, my other pet peeve. So neuropathy is um, when you lose sensitivity in, you know, in your uh, in your extremities, in your feet, in your hands. So what happens is that the nerves in your body, right? Look at them as um, a, a cable from a wire cable, right? You know that all cables have a cover, you know. And what happens with diabetes is when you have uncontrolled diabetes you're, and, you're, you know, elevated blood sugar all the time, it starts messing up that mesh that protects the nerves. So the nerves are, like, out there, you know, without any cover, if you will. So what happens is that, you know, you start losing sensitivity and losing, you know, in your extremities and, and in your hands, and you don't feel things like you used to. So that's a especially important to take care um, with your feet because what happens is that because you lose that sensitivity on, on your on your feet, if you get a scratch or, you know, with whatever, con una, te cortas con un pie o tienes una piedra dentro del zapato or whatever happens and you have any type of laceration on your feet, and um, you don't take care of it and it gets infected and because you don't feel it, you neglect it, then that infection can become an issue and that's where amputations happen, right? So um, a lot of people with diabetes, with uncontrolled diabetes, I need to make that very clear, if you have uncontrolled diabetes and you develop neuropathy, it's very important that you check your feet every 
day. Just make sure that you don't have any bumps or scrapes or whatever, and if you do, take care of it with antibiotics because although amputation rates have gone down in the last three to five years, it's still an issue. Um, I have a good story. This this um, senior um, had uh, his his grandson was in the house, and his grandson would put GI Joes everywhere. And he had his chancletas, right? And he was walking, and he was walking with his chancletas like for the whole week. And he didn't realize that there was a piece of a GI Joe inside his chancleta, right? It was like a un mocasin. Mm-hmm. So he had his two. T- he had, I think it was three toes amputated, because he didn't know that that was in there. Every time that he put his mocasines in, though that little part of the toy would dig in and dig in and dig in. And when he finally noticed it, it was a little too late. He was infected, and he lost three toes. And this was in a space of a month and a half. So Uh, it's very important. Yes. One of the things that you could do if... Go ahead. One of the things you could do, go ahead. One of the things that you could do, if you live alone especially, you you know those you know cheap mirrors that they sell at the pharmacy, one or two dollars, they're plastic. Take yeah. take those th- those mirrors and put them on the floor, and then check your feet. You know that's the easiest way to do it if you don't have anybody to help you. And you yeah. know check your feet every night, and if you no anden descalzo, that's the worst. No anden descalzo. Make sure that if you're gonna wear socks, wear white socks. So if there's some kind of pus or you have a laceration or blood, you can see it immediately. And definitely, and I will finish the foot care with this, people understand that doctors need to check your feet every single time you go to the office. Just as they check your weight and just as as they check your blood pressure, a a, a brief foot exam is part of a checkup. So what I tell the patients is when you get in there, you take off your shoes and you stick them up, and you better make sure the doctor checks your feet. And and a person with diabetes needs to see a podiatrist at least once a year. Okay. Uh, Sammy from Chicago has a question. He says, is neuropathy reversible? Sadly, no. So once, as with any chronic condition, and that's a good question, because it goes with neuropathy, it goes with, you know, damage to your heart and everything else, those things are not reversible unless you have surgery. Neuropathy is something that it is not reversible, but you can prevent future damage, which is what we really want. And to answer that even better, I just want to take the example of, of George, what you said before that your A1C was in 14 and you brought it down to 65 and all of these guys you can Google. If you bring for every 1% that you bring your A1C down, for example, you had it in 14, just by bringing your A1C to 13, you're just right there um, preventing half of the complications that you, could, you, you, you will have with diabetes. That's why it's so important that you know your A1C. So by bringing that number, it doesn't matter. So 14 looks really, really, really far away, but it takes a while. You know, it took a while to get there. It's going to take a while to come down. So mm. each time you get your A1C, as long as that number is coming down, even if it's 1% or 2% at a time, listen, it's better than nothing, and you will prevent complications like you wouldn't believe. And, again, don't believe me. Google it. Talk to your doctor about it. 
don't think that because you have an A1C in 14 or 13, that's the end of the world. As long as you keep, and there's no more, how did you feel, George, every time you went to the doctor and your A1C was lower? Isn't it like a thrill? George, I think we might have lost him. <laughs> He's taking calls. You know, it, yeah, I think it, he's taking calls. Yeah, it's it's important that you work towards a goal, you understand? So right. that's why I keep saying if you go to the doctor and you know that your A1C three months ago was 14 and the doctor today tells you, oh, yeah, you're better, uh, but what's that better? Is it 13? Is it 10? Is it 9? Is it 14 and a half? What is it? Because you have to have a goal. So right. asking what that number is, it's it's going to be – you know, step number one of you controlling your diabetes for good. Okay, I have a caller. Um, I have well. a caller on the air. I have a caller on the air, Christina from Texas. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So thank you for joining the Radio Capicu Show on Diabetes. Do you have any questions or comments? Um, no questions at the moment, but I think all the advice that she's, you know, given is is excellent uh, advice. I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes when I was about 16 or 17 years old, and, it, you know, it's not a death sentence. It could be easily treated with the proper diet and exercise, and, yes, your world is going to change, you know, you just have to look at food in an entirely different way. But you can still live a long and prosperous life if you take certain precautions and make those proper changes to your diet. Awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your comments, Christina. No problem. So, yeah, so that's, that's, that's the vibe that I'm on right now. I'm trying to, like, you know, like reverse it, do the best that I can. Um mm-hmm. We we definitely we have another comment, Janice. How can we find out more about some of the programs that you run for iPro? Sure. So you can go to iPro.org. That's i p r o dot o r g. Um, you can also email me at j hidalgo j h i d like David a l g o at iPro.us. And for Puerto Familia, all you have to do is um, go to diabetes.org. And there you look for Puerto Familia in Spanish or in English, and it will give you a whole lot of information. Everything that I've talked about you can find in the diabetes website. Actually, the diabetes website has this tool called, um, what's it called? I think it's uh, uh, Choose Your Plate or I, I forgot what it is. I, it's a tool, and enough. you can Google it. Yeah, it, it gives you recipes. and um, I was just going to ask. Yeah, that's great. It's, it's, okay, it's called My Food Advisor. Yes, exactly. Okay. Oh, my God, that tool is amazing. So you go in and you can find. I think that there was one time I read. I don't know if they took it down, but I think that one time I read that they had the lechon, you know, Puerto Rican style versus oh. lechon healthier. So okay. what you do is that you 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 browse what are the items or the foods that you like to eat, and then it tells you how to cook them healthier with, but with flavor, which is what right. I'm sure Jack is going to talk about later. How you can continue yeah. to you know eat these magnificent foods that we love to eat and we scrape the plate right, but yeah. with in a healthier twist, and that 
it doesn't take a village, especially with, you know, the age of information that we live in now. It's just a matter of knowing here and there and sharing the knowledge, people. So, you know, one of the things that I ask, you know, when we're in the community and we're teaching about diabetes is that this, you you can't not share this information. You cannot, you know, let somebody else know about, you know, what's what's better and and what's out there and and how they can change their life with with a small step and you know the A1C please tell everybody that has diabetes that you know what the A1C is where they can get information and and that they need to tell their doctor what that number is that is so important Absolutely all right so um just before we wrap up I thank you so much for being here um we have Puerto Familias Feria de Salud coming up on August 17th we're yes. still looking for volunteers, and I just want to know if you have anything to say, anything that you could do to compel these people to come out and help <laughs> us out, tell them about the event, you know, you know. Yes, we have, this is the best health fair in New York in the Bronx. I, You know, hands down, it's a mixture, it's a community event, it's at St. Anne's, uh, St. Mary's Park in St. Anne's Avenue in the Bronx. And we have a mix of amazing, you know, vendors uh, with in, enough information for you to take home and, you know, make your action plan and, and see what you're going to do next if you have diabetes or or you have a family member that has diabetes. We're going to have screenings. We're going to be testing. All is free for the public. We're going to be testing glucose. We're going to be testing blood sugar. We're going to be testing, you know, we're going to have uh, foot care. Uh, we're also going to have Frankie Negron is going to be uh, wow. at our, yes, we're so excited. Frankie <laughs> has nice. great stories. He doesn't have diabetes himself, but he lost a family member with diabetes, and he is really, really connected with the cause. So it's like a health fair, street fair, slash mini concert that we're going to have. Um, everything is very family-oriented. Um, we have prizes and games. So come on August 17th, get educated, get involved, and participate, and have fun while you're doing it. 11 o'clock. Lots of cooking demos. We're going to have two cooking demos. We're going to have Ingrid Hoffman as well join us on stage, um, and a lot of other surprises that are still being confirmed. Yes, absolutely. I, I can't I can't thank you enough, Janice. Thank you so much oh, for your time. Oh, thank you I so much, George. It's so important for you for us to have this conversation. I know it's uh, it's tough having it on a Sunday night when it's family time, but I really do appreciate your time. Um, no, we are, we we uh, we will continue uh, to broadcast information about diabetes throughout the next couple of shows, uh, especially as we get closer to Feria. Um, so again, we thank you for your time, and we'll see you on August seventeenth. Okay. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Janice. Have a good evening. Okay, we have a um, caller from the area code 404. Caller, you're on the Capicu Show. Hey, how's everyone doing this evening? Hi. Hi. How are you doing, man? You're on the Capicu Show live. Yeah, this is, um, uh, uh, call, I'm calling basically from Baltimore, Maryland. So I'm not in the Bronx at this time, but um, I had okay. a few uh, comments and um, actually, well, one comment and then, also uh some questions all right so okay um the first the first question is I would like to see discussed uh one thing, and that's the history of our people when dealing with our health issues uh specific diabetes because 
our eating habits uh, determine what our elements are. So with that being said, like we have uh, a history of eating a lot of pork, a lot of sugar, and all these other things, you know, and this just didn't come by, you know, our culture just like overnight. It progressed through, you know, uh, time and merging with different cultures and blah, 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 bing, bong, boom. But uh, I want to hear, like, sort of like on the historical point of uh, speaking about diabetes and our eating habits. That's one. Okay, so I don't think we can really give you an honest uh, historical perspective, but our next guest that's coming in after the break is Jack Sepulveda from the Albert Einstein School of Medicine. And uh, uh, he's going to be talking a lot about nutrition and everything, and that's something that we could bring up, and maybe he could point us in the right direction for you on that on that note. Okay. All right. Well, the second the second thing would be, and maybe, and I'll save this for him when he uh, comes back on, is uh, uh, basically uh, what I didn't hear mentioned as well, and I didn't know that you're going to have other guests. So this is uh, I like to thank everybody for uh, making this information available because this is very important for our people. Uh, the thing I would like to say is, like, uh, we need to start watching these ingredients because uh, you have uh, different things like high fructose uh, and all these other ingredients, sucrose, the different type of uh, engineered sugars and uh, sort of uh, chemicals that are giving us over long-term periods of time, our children and ourselves, you know, these type of elements like uh, diabetes in specific. So I like to hear that also discussed as well because that's very important of the junk food and the things that are not actually real that we're mm-hmm, consuming. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for calling in. We'll definitely talk to Jack about those things when he comes in. And uh, if there's any way we can bring you back on the air, we will definitely do so. All right. And, and then we have a very special guest that's calling from Central America. Wow. She is my good friend, Rachel, a.k.a. Hello? Hi, it's me, Yoga Divina. Yoga Divina. I'm so glad that you're doing awesome, George. Thank you so much. And I just want to give a little pretense, uh, some context to my conversations with with Rachel, um, with Yoga Divina. Um, when I had, when I actually announced my di- diabetes diagnosis and I had a couple of health blogs about my progress, um, she reached out to me and offered me assistance with uh, with yoga and, and other holistic approaches to getting healthier. Um, we started a dialogue in which she's going to start collaborating with Sophita for your soul to make some of that information available. So, um, Rachel, can you just give uh, people a little bit more of a context of what you do and where you do it and, and, and how you can help them lead a healthy life? You bet. You bet. Well, I am I'm a, I'm a yoga therapist, um, which is a yoga teacher. Um, I work with patients and issues with their bodies that they actually want to get better. For example, uh, diabetes, cancer, but what really inspired me to really look into yoga as therapy was I'm, you know, I'm half Puerto Rican and I have about 27,000 cousins and about half of them are overweight and a lot of them have diabetes. I have about seven adult cousins right now with diabetes. 
Um, they continue to eat box food. They continue to eat arroz con gandules. They continue to eat what it is that they're doing, and they're not really doing. Oh, I'm. Oh, sorry. I think we. I think we lost Rachel. Um, yeah. We have a bad connection. I mean, she she is contacting us from uh, Central America. Rachel, Central can you hear us? Okay. Um, so we'll try to get back to her. But in the meantime, you know what? I want to bring Jack on the air. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to a quick break, and we're going to play a little musica. We're going to turn up the volume a little bit here. Um, so let's go with this. Let's go with something that's going to really be high energy. And we'll be right back with Jack Sepulveda from the Albert Einstein School of Medicine uh, on Radio Capital. You like that, right? You like that, Chica? I like that. I like that. Well, 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 well. Manos arriba.
Diabetes is a common condition that affects all kinds of people all over the world. It prevents your body from making enough insulin and using it properly. What's insulin? Well, insulin is a hormone your body needs to change food into energy. This is very important because your body needs energy to work well. Your body is made up of many different organs and they do many different things. One of these organs is called the pancreas, which is where your body makes insulin. When you eat something, your digestive system breaks the food down so it can move through your blood and into your cells. Carbohydrates or starches are broken down into glucose, a type of sugar. Your cells use glucose as fuel. Insulin moves glucose out of your blood and into your cells. That's so your body can create enough energy to get you through the day. Healthful eating doesn't mean you have to abandon your culture and your love for flavor. Learn new ways to prepare savory meals to keep your family healthy. If you or someone in your family has diabetes, or if you fear they might be at risk for developing diabetes, talk to your healthcare professional today. To request your free copy of the American Diabetes Association's Latin Flavor in the Kitchen Recipe Sampler, and to receive a free guide on type 2 diabetes, call 1-800-DIABETES. Again, 1-800-DIABETES. Bueno, mi gente, we're back, and my name is George Torres, and I'm here with La Chica Que Pica. You're listening to the Capicu Show live from New York, talking about the topic of diabetes. ¿Qué pasa, chica? You having fun? I'm having a blast. I was just dancing in my seat. <laughs> you're, you're dancing? <laughs> I don't think that counts as exercise, okay? It so anyway, so, so if you're just joining us, we've been having a conversation over the last hour or so about, uh, you know, diabetes, what is diabetes, uh, what are some of the symptoms and the treatments and some of the uh, effects of the, the this deadly disease. Um, so a lot of uh, that conversation actually revolved around food. So in order for us to have a really good conversation about food, I have to have somebody who is actually an expert in this field. So I want to um, ask uh, a, a lot of great questions to somebody named Jack Sepulveda, Jack has actually been a volunteer on the National Committee for a Porto Familia Committee for the ADA, and uh, he's become a really good friend, and he's just a great, great community voice, uh, helping people live healthier through food without losing their culinary culture. So I just want to welcome Jack to the show. Jorge, thank you very much for, for uh, giving me the opportunity to join your online radio show and uh, especially to... to uh, give me the platform to uh, discuss this very, very important topic that's uh, diabetes in, in, in America, and especially among our Latino community. So so right. we talked a little bit about food. We talked about carbs and, and sugar and everything. I, I think um, just to kind of give context to what we're talking about, um, how how important is nutrition? I guess I'll start off with that. How important is nutrition when we're talking about diabetes and, and and reversing the effects of diabetes or slowing it down, per se? 
Jorge, that nutrition is very, very important. Now, you know, just to, let's go back to the essence of, of what what's going on in the body and why are people developing diabetes? Just we don't know the exact causation, but we know that there's an, a hormonal imbalance where the body's no longer producing uh, insulin to, to control the, the blood sugar. Now, we're talking about sugars that are coming through through our diet in terms of either fruits and vegetables or grains and uh, and and even even when it comes to nuts, we're, we're getting carbohydrates, and that's pretty much what you know what we need to focus on when we're one of the things that we need to focus on when we're managing or controlling diabetes. So where where does one start? Okay, so I I just um I'm I didn't just get diagnosed, but let's say I just got diagnosed today. What are some of the first changes that I need to make in my diet in order to make a major impact on, on what's happening with my body? Uh, now, George, now we're talking about uh, prevention and, and, then, and maintenance, which, both, which, which we both can really address this issue by, by balancing and moderating our diets, uh, increasing our, our intake of fruits and vegetables and fiber, when we're talking about moderating, we're talking about uh, um, two nutrients that, that are, are very important with, in, when it deals with diabetes. And that's, a, I would say, moderating fat and refined sugar uh, would be the, the key here. Uh, along with, with our nutritional uh, um, diet, we should definitely be in, increasing our, our regular physical activity and managing stress. These are, these are areas where, where the research is showing now that it, it's very important to address to, to, to when we're controlling uh, or trying to prevent diabetes in general. Now, what, what is it? Aside from that, it's very important to, to routinely uh, get physical examinations to determine where, where your glucose levels are at. Well, uh, getting getting a hemoglobin A1C exam, where which shows an average uh, of your blood sugars within a three month period. Uh, that's something that you know we definitely need to to, to look into. Uh, mm-hmm. So, to, you know, working with your with your healthcare practitioner um, and engage, and also including a, a nutrition in your healthcare team is uh, a nutrition is very important. Absolutely. So, um, so we're talking about prevention. So, what are things like, for example, if I'm a parent, and this is this is a question that just came in from Gloria, and Gloria's actually uh, emailing us from Illinois. So, Gloria wants to know, as a mom, what are some of the things that I could do now? to help my kids not have to confront the same uh, issues that her family has endured with many, many family members. Now, the key thing with what Gloria's mentioned here now, this is something that's in the family, so it's, it, it, it's uh, most likely genetic or, or better yet hereditary. Um, and, and, yes, if, if, if there is someone living with diabetes in the family, then it's it, – most likely you may develop diabetes. The chances are, are higher for someone that has uh, a genetic dispro- uh, uh, disproportion, dis- disposition. Excuse me. Deeper uh, falls for, for, for something like this. Uh, so what can we do? Now, maintain consistent carbohydrate intake is very, very important. Uh, now, if you're, if everyone's therapeutic diet is going to be very different, or, um, 
but assuring that you have the cons- a consistent amount of, 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 of carbohydrates per meal and per day. Now, what does that what does that mean? What does this realistically mean? What you what you want to do is not not have very low uh, um, blood sugar levels or very high blood sugar levels. So that's when that's what we're we're trying to strive for consistency. Now, if if you're a person that in the mornings having let's say bread toast and a banana, um, then you know you want you want to be able to not only Keep consistent, but also monitor your blood sugars. If your blood sugars for someone with diabetes are going above 126 uh, milligrams, uh, then that's that's something that you want to you want to go ahead and, and control. You want to go ahead and try to keep it uh, um, as low as as balanced as possible, but under under extreme levels. And then uh, with someone with diabetes, we're talking about anywhere anywhere. Uh, um, above 150. Wow. We had a question from somebody about artificial food. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, or, or artificial sweeteners. So there's, there's a misconception that artificial sweeteners are actually better for you when you have diabetes. Um, re- is, that, is that the truth? Now, George, the research the research on that is, is not very strong yet. Uh, there's... Uh, um, there's it, it, there's a lack of of evidence based research in this area and and in the research that's out out there um has not sh- has not necessarily shown that it's significantly uh impacting people with diabetes now when we're talking about um alternative uh, um sweeteners um we're talking about we're talking about uh, Either sugar alcohols, or we're talking about other um, type of sweeteners that not necessarily have a caloric value to it, and it doesn't and it doesn't spike up your blood sugars. So if 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 someone's uh, um, I'd say substituting regular table sugar, regular cane sugar for a sweetener, that that necessarily might be a, a healthy alternative. Not only because it's not impacting your blood sugars, but um, but also it, it doesn't have a caloric uh, um, uh, value, and that's one of some of the things that that a person living with diabetes wants to be able to control. Not only wants to control the the, the spikes in blood sugar, but also you want to control the caloric value because you see that with as as weight increases, the 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 probability of developing diabetes has also also increased so there is a, a, there is a correlation um where uh, with weight and diabetes mm-hmm. so i think george is taking some calls and taking care of the chat room so artificial basically the we should use sugar, but everything it seems to me is just moderation. Is that basically what we're saying? It, yes, yes. Uh, um, balancing and moderating your diet, and, and then when we're we're talking about balance, is is you know uh, having a rainbow on 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 uh, on your on your plate. You know, having uh, having a, a a little bit of everything in, in simple terms. You know, where we're talking about the 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 main food groups, you know, uh, and we're talking about 
um, higher intake of fruits and vegetables, and, and uh, especially in its in its fresh form, so that we can we can benefit from fiber. Um, and then when we're talking about moderating, we want to moderate the intake of fat um, and, and refined sugars. Uh, and and so we can also use that the refined sugar also is known as simple sugars. So it, right. it's, it's Pretty much what you want to do. You want to go ahead and 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 not only control the intake of those fat and sh- um and, and refined sugars, but also increase the amounts of fruits and vegetables and fiber. And um and we've seen through portion controlling, uh, we're we're not only controlling the amount of 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 food we're having, which necessarily just pretty much turns into the amount of calories that that we're consuming. And what about things like with sugar? I see things in the supermarket. I get a little confused myself. I'm not sure if there's more benefits to, say, brown sugar as opposed to a white sugar or sugar in the raw. Yeah, with that is that uh, um, you know, the difference is that one one was processed um, and the other one wasn't. And the brown sugar in its in its natural raw form, meaning that that it, it was not processed so that it could it could become white. Um, okay. So, but the, as far as the the the, the impact on your glucose levels, it's going to be the same. Um, okay. Uh, and that's why that's what you know. So brown sugar, you know, versus white sugar, it's still going to have the same um, um, glucose um, impact. Uh, and that's why with with you see some of the diabetic uh, products that are there, or, or food products that are acceptable for someone um, with diabetes, you'll see that there's a sugar alternative in it. And and most most of the time, you're seeing you're seeing aspartame, you're seeing uh, um, uh, other sweeteners that that um, not necessarily have an impact on blood sugars, but and, and also have no color caloric value. Right, like I see a lot of. Uh, I bake a lot, and I notice that now there's a lot of um, agave syrup out there and stuff like that. How does that affect you as far as uh, your sugar now, intake as well? It's interesting that you mention agave syrup because you're starting to see this being promoted a lot more and more. Uh, and yeah. then this is this is a, a a sweetener coming from the agave plant. And what uh, um, what the fascinating part about it is that it, it's 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 very sweet, and it doesn't it doesn't impact your blood sugars as as we see with with um with regular table sugar. So yes, I think uh you're starting to see agave syrup a lot more in, in products and it's in a good alternative for someone uh that's diabetic and is trying to control the 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 amount of sugar that they're using but still mm-hmm. like uh you know the their palate still calls for something sweet. Right, cuz it is very sweet. I find that just a little bit really does satisfy you because the sweet, the sweetness content is so high. Yeah, I've been using I've been using agave syrup on 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 my fruit drinks and it's been working well because we're talking about fruit um has natural sugars and then this as uh, as the sh- fruit actually ripens there's becomes more simple sugars in, in the fruit meaning that if you're if you're juicing per se you're you're removing um 
you're removing all the fiber from it and you're staying you're you're just pretty much retaining the juice the the sugar part of, of this of this fruit now now so it, we're talking about you know it's going to have an impact and if we're adding if we're adding more sugar to this fruit we're just pretty much increasing the amount of simple sugar that's or, or refined sugar that's in, that's in this product so if if you're someone that's juicing then yes definitely i would recommend not including no more no more sugar not adding any more sugar but also uh if you need to then definitely using an alternative sweetener uh, like Splenda, like uh, uh, agave syrup. All right, we have a caller from the we have a caller from the Bronx. We have Cat Cat from the Bronx. How are you? Thank you for calling the Catholic Food Show. I'm good. Thank you so much. I'm I'm so happy to be on the call. All right. So, do you have any questions or comments for Jack? Um. Well, not for Jack. I just wanted to add something as to what Janice was saying um, earlier. Um, my dad was actually diagnosed in his early 30s with diabetes and um, uh, was a chef for a long, a long time. And unfortunately, it led to a kidney failure. And um, as she was saying, um, with diabetes, every organ is affected. And um, I just wanted to point out that, you know, as Latinos, we, we want to take care of everyone. We're caregivers, and we want to nurse everyone. And sometimes we have to take some time for ourselves. And um, I think that's a big factor in our community. We we don't think about us, you know, as an individual. We think about our family. And um, if um, if we just maybe paid a little more attention to ourselves, we can maybe help prevent, um, you know, diabetes in our community and in our families. Absolutely. And you know what? That's the exact premise that the Puerto Familia Committee is based on is, uh, is the whole premise of, Making sure that people take time for themselves and they they tackle this problem of diabetes as a family. So I really do appreciate your comments. Thank and you. And we're gonna Thank see you. you. And we're gonna see we're gonna see you on August seventeenth, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm you, bringing you my. You signed up already? Absolutely. Yes, I'm signed up. All right. Thank you so much, Kat, for your comments. Okay. Thanks, All right. Kat. All right. Bye. So that's something that resonates with a lot of people. It's it's the uh, it's the family thing. It's and, and it happens with me sometimes. I mean, even working on the campaign for this radio show for this week, I found myself, you know, taking shortcuts and doing things that I normally shouldn't do, uh, you know, in order to be healthy. So you have to really, really be mindful of what you're doing on a daily basis. You know, I slipped up a little bit over the last two weeks, and uh, I haven't exercised as much uh, because I get wrapped up in my work. And you really have to make – you have to take priority uh, – take make yourself a priority – and make uh, yourself the first appointment of every day. That's something that Joey Olivo uh, tells me all the time, my trainer. Did I lose everybody? Nope, I'm here. I'm here. I'm listening to you. I think we Jack, all did we lose you? You're absolutely right. No, no, I'm here, uh, Jorge. I, okay, great. I, I think it, 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 you touch on a, on a, a on a very good point, and that's and that's just pretty much the the. The realistic uh, uh, um, part of of main, main, managing diabetes, uh, maintaining a, a healthier lifestyle. Uh, you know, th- there's things that that happen that may may uh, result in a lapse on why you're not eating healthier uh, or why you're not maintaining your physical activity. Uh, and it's it's about 
raising awareness, getting the support from from your family and your healthcare team, uh, but uh, also trying to build a consistency in in, in your lifestyle. Uh, and with let's say with just as far as you know, if you didn't have a a a, a let's say quote unquote healthy uh, lunch, then you know making sure that that you pick up uh, during dinner time. You know, if you ate too much, you know, you, you ate a, a hamburger that's high in fat and you ate the french fries, which, which you know, were more fried, more fat and more carbohydrates, you know, not necessarily, you know, you need to look into maybe the next meal to, to uh, uh, make it a little bit more leaner, less fat, less carbohydrates. So kind of balancing out your meals in that way and, and, and being realistic about it, you know, uh, when when at a at a at a restaurant, you know, if you want a portion control, maybe you can share that meal with someone, or you can ask if you want to control the fat intake, ask for the dressings on the side, have half of the meal, and then save it for another meal. It's you know, it's kind of realistic approaches that you need to take to to start developing uh, uh, a healthier lifestyle. Absolutely, and you know, Georgie Acevedo in our chat room has a question about the use of cinnamon and its possible use to help balance sugar levels. Can you talk a little bit about that? There's there's not much research uh, um, that that really supports cinnamon as as helping control uh, blood sugars. It's really really not much that, that we can say. I know that a lot of a lot of products are now carrying cinnamon. They, they've been uh, have claims to to help in the management of of uh, of blood sugars, but there's really um, no evidence based research that's really supporting that right now. All right, so you, I, w- I want to kind of refocus the conversation in a different direction. Um, a lot of the people that that listen to the show are busy professionals. They have very demanding lifestyles. Many of them are parents, even single parents. Um, and, and they just have a very active lifestyle. In a sense, not active physically, but active in terms of work and, and whatnot. What are some of the tips that you can give people who are really on the go all the time in order to be able to, to do some of the things that they really need to do for themselves in order for them to either prevent or have a healthier life living with diabetes? Jorge, I would say uh, I, I would definitely recommend um, being realistic with yourself and taking uh, small steps uh, um, towards your overall goal. And um, it's, it's, and what do I mean by by that? Um, you know, it's keeping in mind what's in your what's on your plate. Um, what are these? You know, if is this high in fat? Is it high in carbohydrates? And uh, um, being able to to know what are what are uh, um, actual portion sizes for, or adequate portion sizes for a particular uh, a particular food group. Um, those are keeping those basic nutritional um, guides with you uh, um, would would really help someone on the go. Uh, you know uh, what I personally do. I'm a, I'm a busy professional, and 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 I come. I'm a Latino uh, that comes from from a household where we really didn't have uh, um, 
a lot of nutritional uh, uh, guidance. Uh, you know, we it, my mother cooked on the basis where Abuelita did it this way. This is how I do it, and this is how mm-hmm. you should do it. You know, where right. I am Colombian, where you know we would sit down and and have a bandeja paisa just for yourself. And if you know what a bandeja paisa means, we're having you know a uh, um, pork uh, um, a pork belly that wraps around the plate. We're talking about a black uh, um, steak, rice and beans, eggs, and and the list can go on. They can become very elaborate. Now, if we look at that now with with my nutritional background as a dietitian working in the community for over 10 years, one of the things that I've realized is that you cannot tell someone not to eat what they've been, what they're culturally accustomed to. You pretty much Mm -hmm. shut them down. So I'm not here to tell you, uh, that there is good or bad food. It's, uh, I'm here to tell you, you know what? There's healthier alternatives out there, and we should we should be eating less. Speaking of healthy alternatives, healthy oh, alternatives. We're talking about what well, we're talking about. Instead of having uh, um, uh, um, a full plate, a uh, 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 half a plate of of starchy vet, uh, um, uh, grains, like for example half of your plate of rice and then one uh, and then the other half of 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 a fatty um protein you know let's restructure let's restructure our plate a little bit where half of it is of non-starchy uh, um vegetables and and then one fourth of the other half would be of a of a starchy vegetable or grain that's where you would have your rice and beans and that one fourth of your half of your plate and then on that remaining one fourth having a lean protein what does a lean protein mean having less less fat and how can we make a a, a typical protein leaner uh, not only can we remove the fat the excess fat on the on the actual protein um for example removing the skin of chicken uh, the ways we 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 uh, prepare it um, uh, and can also help lean uh, make the protein leaner. For example, you know um, instead of deep frying, uh, uh, just stir frying or, or or grilling. You know when you grill, you you're bringing high heat and then the fat starts starts dripping off, starts pretty much uh, becoming from a, 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 a saturated fat to non-saturated and ultimately uh, leaving. So you're re- actually reducing the fat amount. Um, so those are, you know, on the go, uh, I would say always, you know, if on the go, portion control. Eat less of the foods that you're eating. And, and that, that way, not only you're controlling the amount of, uh, of overall nutrients you're having, but calories itself because calories is what really you know brings on uh, on the weight and then as we've seen with weight we see predispositions of 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 other lifestyle related diseases like uh high cholesterolemia uh, uh cardiovascular disease including uh, hypertension and we see that you know having these having these diseases become a, a, a risk factor for developing diabetes so it's uh, um, not only we controlling, not, not only do we have to control our sugar intake, but we also have to control our weight. Um, and what better way than controlling calories through portion controlling of your meals? Or I would say my biggest recommendation is consistent carbohydrate intake and reducing the amount portion controlling. 
Okay, so we're gonna talk about the the little secret, the little secret that everybody uh, doesn't know. You know, it's pretty much a little dirty secret that everybody has. So New York City recently uh, started a campaign to talk about sugary drinks. You know, our, our mayor Bloomberg here in New York has been very animate about reducing the sugar intake through drinks, and he put out a campaign called "Are You Pouring on the Pounds?" How much does that? How much does that affect people? In terms of the the drinks that they're having, even coffee, like what 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 are those? Is that like a? a I don't even know how to explain it. Is is that calories that we're not even counting? We're, we're, we're just oh, drinking it, it, drinking a month. You know, George, um, it's 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 in sugary drinks, and and this is what I do agree with with uh, uh, the mayor uh, with the mayor is that. He's attacking drinks that are are very uh, um, not nutrient dense, but are high in calories and then a tons of tons of sugar. Now you have a twenty fluid ounce drink. Um, you can you can we're talking about that you can have anywhere from in a Coca Cola. Let's say just to use that as an example. On a twenty fluid, um, twenty fluid ounce bottle, we're talking about over twenty six grams of sugar. Now, if we have a, a the, the recommendation is that uh, uh, two hundred grams of sugar, of carbohydrates per day, we're you know if we're drinking, we're not necessarily maybe drinking just one bottle of of soda. We may have one bottle of soda uh, and, and probably up to two bottles of soda, and then having a juice that has natural sugars in it, um, and if we're having an actual fruit with it, um, you know, we're starting to add, the, we're starting to add calories, but also add sugar um, in a very quick and easy way, and, that, and then what you mentioned is that, you know, not notice, you know, or, or having and not Understanding if how much sugar is in these products; those are the type of things that you know it, it, it makes it easier with with a sugar with a a juice or a soda that's just pretty much empty calories and a bunch of sugar in it. So I do see how the mayor you know used that as as an example um, in trying to control these substances, these food products that you know that are not necessarily as as healthy as, as we would want them to be. Okay. Cynthia, you had something? Yeah, I was going to say that, you know, I was thinking before about what Janice was saying um, as well as yourself in regard to uh, tips. And I have to say that I think one of the things that helps me in staying focused is writing down what I'm going to eat before I eat it maintaining a food diary, so to speak, oh, yeah. because then it makes me accountable for what I've written down, and I could also adjust it uh, before I eat to reflect the carbs and the sugars that I've eaten as well as the sodium. Yeah, planning ahead. Uh, planning ahead is very important. Um, uh, and, and I'm able to do it. You know, I, I mean, i got to be honest. I'm able to do it even though I am busy and I have a job and I have kids and I'm the primary uh cook in my house on the fly by just, you know, keeping it on my phone and typing it in and saying, okay, 
this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to make, this is what I have in the house. And it does help me just seeing it, for some reason with me, seeing it written down helps me to be consistent with the amount of sugar and carbs and salt that my family and myself are consuming. That's just a little tidbit that I kind of do. That's a great great point. To help myself and my family. I wanted to ask you about, um, I know I asked you earlier about the agave syrup, and it was wonderful news that you gave about how the sweetness, you know, it is very, very sweet, as we discussed, and it really doesn't affect your blood sugar as much as um, sugar does. What about honey? Because I do use honey as well, like in my tea once in a while. Well, honey, honey, um, again, it is, is, um, we're talking about a natural sweetener, um, and mm-hmm. we're and but in terms of the 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 impact on blood sugars, it's it's very very similar to to um to what uh, what table sugar uh, just oh, cane really? sugar would. So so yes, you know, I, I, I mean I do take a lot of honey uh, because of allergies, you know, because it's a natural way to like build up your immune system for seasonal allergies but I didn't think it would be as bad as taking table sugar because it's more natural. Yes, and, and that's one of those things that, uh, um, I, like a myth buster and, and sort of say, because it, it definitely honey, yes, while it has a lot of beneficial um, properties, um, but it's still, and, um, it's still processed um, in the body as, as sugar, and it does have um, very similar um, effects to to uh, in blood sugar levels um, as as t- as regular cane sugar would. So basically, in your opinion, the best alternative for not having sugar then would be just the agave syrup. Um, I would say I would say definitely um, um, an alternative sweetener uh, uh, and and agave syrup. It would be a good example of something that's being used. Um, a lot in food products, um, and, and it's working well. It's it's meshing. the The important thing is that you enjoy what you're eating, and that uh, um, you're it, it's acceptable to your palate. Uh, so definitely exploring um, exploring uh, with with sweeteners and seeing what sweetener uh, your palate agrees with is uh, um, definitely something that I would highly recommend. Um, I'm using a lot of agave syrup right now in my in my fruit uh, drinks. I blend a lot, um, and mm-hmm. I, instead of juicing, I'm blending, and that's because I'm using the whole fruit um, and, and and benefiting from from the other properties in in, in the fruit. For example, the fiber. Um, so, uh, uh, Splenda yeah, is also a good Yeah, today me and my family we did that. Today me and my family did that. We just took some Greek yogurt with some berries, a little agave syrup blended it all together and popped it in the freezer and had it, like, popped. Mm-hmm. And it, it craved our sweet tea, you know, our sweet tooth that we had, and it was refreshing because it's hot in the summer. So, I mean, well, I guess it's just a matter of doing the research and planning it correctly. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's it's about exploring. And that's what I recommend uh, um, um, anyone trying a healthier uh, uh, lifestyle uh, or trying to modify their diets to 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 either prevent or manage diabetes is that 
to to explore, explore, uh, um, explore with other, for example, with other spices. One of the things that that we see w- with people with diabetes is that they 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 either had um, high blood pressure or develop high blood pressure after developing diabetes. And one of the it, it's another disease that that's uh, lifestyle related. And one of the one of the ways to control um, high blood pressure, hypertension, is is through through low sodium intakes, low sodium diets. Uh, um, to, and you know, when we're cooking, us in the Latino kitchen, you know, we use a lot of salt. And in America, um, table um, uh, uh, the highest additive at the table was was salt uh, a couple of years ago. Um, and we see its correlation with hyper, high, uh, hypertension, and uh, so I would say definitely, you know, instead of using salt, let's let's look into other spices, look into other cultures. What do they what are they using to to uh, uh, give to uh, flavor their food? Um, and, and that's one of the things that uh, the American Diabetes um, Association's learning module, the Health and Flavor in the Latino Kitchen. Does and we're actually going to go ahead and present that one this this learning module with um, uh, celebrity chef Ingrid Hoffman uh, on stage on August 17th, where we're going to grab a typical uh, Latino dish and we're going to do small modifications so that it can be uh, acceptable um, for someone living with diabetes. Um, but you know, one of the things that we're focused on the most is retaining that Latino flavor in this mm-hmm. dish. It's very important that we enjoy our meals uh, because, you know, eating is a social, a social thing, uh, you know. And so it's very important that, that, that not only do we enjoy our food, but that we don't feel uh, this very strict restriction to what we can eat and what we cannot eat. Uh, and because that's when I personally have seen that, uh, um, that the client uh, or the person living with diabetes has a hard time following a therapeutic diet when not only they're not enjoying it um or or it's just they're they're losing some of what they're accustomed to um so right, it's, it's, if it doesn't taste good you're not going to eat it no matter if it's good for you or not oh yeah Yep, it, it, it's exactly. So it's, it's it's very important, and that's what and that's what this uh, learning module does. It's it's go ahead and and raise awareness about the the nutrients that you wanna you wanna control to be able to to manage diabetes, but also how to practically and realistically uh, um, prepare these meals um, and, and uh, um, so that. You can it can be adequate for someone living with diabetes, uh, and I definitely encourage all the uh, um, Radio Copy Cool fo- uh, um, followers um, that to to come to this to this fair on August 17th in, in the Bronx, and uh, um, and not only share share your experience with diabetes, but also if you not necessarily are living with diabetes or know someone with living di- with diabetes, to come and and, and and increase your your awareness about this disease that's uh, really impacting uh, the American population uh, become now uh, at a epidemic uh, uh, um, level 
but also seeing, you know, understanding um, how can we really manage and, and prevent this, this disease because, uh, uh, or be able to, to live with this disease. Uh, and a lot of people, your life is, is not uh, over after diabetes. And, um, it's definitely something that, that you know, you ha- now we're dealing with, but through, through a good diet, through uh, stress management, through uh, physical activity, and through engage- having uh, um, a, a, a consistent uh, um, uh, checkups with, with, your, with your doctor, uh, uh, you'll be able to live a, a, a normal, healthy life. Thank you so much. Uh, Jack, I really appreciate your time on the show today. I think it's been very, very insightful. Uh, if anybody wants to get in touch with you for, uh, like, or maybe need to book you professionally for a workshop or anything, how would they get in touch with you? You can you can reach me at uh, at my email, uh, and that's uh, eatg00d at yahoo.com. That's eat good with um, instead of O's, there's zeros at yahoo.com. Uh, send me your send me your uh, um, send me any question in, in terms of uh, of, of uh, nutrition or uh, diabetes management, uh, the areas that uh, I'm, I'm concentrating, uh, and I'll be able to, if I can't answer it, I will find the the, the professional uh, uh, resources uh, to be able to get you the answer. Uh, also, also definitely, uh, if, you, if you have access to a computer, uh, diabetes.org um, is also a good resource, and uh, our Porto Familia uh, um, um, section of the, of this website is is also a a a good resource, um, especially for for the Latino community. We do have a um, a portion in Spanish uh, uh, in this website for those that do not speak English, uh, and definitely uh, I. I I, I encourage you all to come um, meet me and the rest of 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 our of our staff at uh, Feria de Salud. Uh, you know, Absolutely. We, we're also looking for volunteers. If you want to take it to the next level, where you want to get more involved in, in this in this cause, um, in this great cause, um, very important. Yeah, we set up we, we set up a special email address. We actually set up a, a special email address for anybody who wants to volunteer. It's volunteer at Sofrito Media Group, and uh, we'll be sending you, obviously, the information directly to connect with our volunteer committee uh, for Feria de Salud. Uh, we still are in need of volunteers. The best thing about our volunteer program is that you get to pick the shift that you want, and you get to pick the area of interest that most, uh, I guess, uh, taps into what you want to do. Uh, that way we can put you in the right place uh, with the right set of uh, skill sets. Um, we do have plenty of spots open, so it's a great experience. I had the, the pleasure of working with Jack for over five years on this uh, on this project, and, and our committee, uh, the core committee that puts this together every year are just an amazing group of souls. Uh, so I want to thank them for actually inviting me to be part of the committee. Uh, it's been a great experience, and it actually saved my life, and I say this a lot. Uh, I was involved with the committee way before I found out I was diabetic. Um, so being part of the committee and educating myself prior to uh, to getting uh, to being diagnosed has actually been the, the lifesaver. So Jack is one of the people who helped save my life. So Jack, on that note, I just want to thank you once more for being on the show tonight. And uh, I want to remind all of our listeners uh, as well that um, we are going to be 
uh, as of this moment, as of right now, as soon as the show is over, we're going to be engaging in our biggest campaign ever to start and continue the national conversation about diabetes leading up to the event in the Bronx. So if you tweet, if you Facebook status, if you Instagram, Instagram video, add a Porto Familia hashtag to whatever information that you have, any stats, any information, recipes, uh, news articles, anything that you think that will help educate people about diabetes, any great resources you have, share them using the Porto Familia hashtag. It is so important that we continue this conversation on all mediums. Um, also, I want to make sure that you understand that the reason why we're using social media is because we need to reach out to a younger audience. We need to get younger people out to the events. The events are usually uh, have a lot. There's a pretty great uh, uh, number of seniors that come to these events, and that's great, but you know what? We could prevent. Prevention is a big piece of what we're doing right yeah, now, definitely. a big piece yeah. of what a big piece of what Jack is working on is prevention. You know, those cooking demos are vital for prevention. So we need to get younger people out there. So I'm, I'm imploring you guys to reach out to your networks, be an ambassador for Porto Familia for this month, from now leading up to August 17th, and just share as much information as you possibly can. Uh, create videos, uh, share videos from YouTube, whatever it is, you know, whatever, whatever your time allows you. But I, we really ask that you help us with your influence to um to help spread the word about you know what we're about to do in helping stop diabetes. So Jack, you're awesome. I will see you on. Uh, I'll see you before then, but uh, we will see you as a collective on August 17th with our team out there. Jorge, thank you very much for having me on the show. It's it's um, it's, a, it's very informative and and I, um, I'm so glad that I, I had the opportunity to to be able to share some of these um, um, uh, tips on nutritional well-being and how to uh, prevent and uh, manage diabetes. Thank you again. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much. Right. So that, that, you know, I mean, we're we're in the the last couple of minutes of the show, Um, but there you have it, two of the most foremost experts, two people that helped save my life, like I said before, in terms of uh, teaching me about, diabetes and how to look for the warning signs and how to educate other people. And in the process, when I came out of the hospital, it was my life that was saved by knowing this information. So, you know, even if you don't have diabetes today, um, you know, just educate yourself. But somebody you love may be going through these symptoms. And, uh, you know, we want to make sure that that you're an ambassador to help save lives. We have another caller. Um, If I'm not mistaken, I think it's Lisa. Lisa, are you on the line? Hey. What's Can going on, Lisa? Hi. Yeah, actually, Hi, before everyone. before you hey, even go there, Lisa. I just want to give everybody the, I want to give everybody the information once more for the Feria because somebody just asked me for it. The Feria de Salud is happening at eight. Okay, but the people who are listening want to know that the Feria de Salud right. is actually happening at St. Mary's Park on 146th Street to 148th Street on St. Anne's Avenue in the Bronx. It's on Saturday, August 17, 2013, from 11 o'clock to 6 p.m. I will let you know that there will be a celebrity DJ. You already heard Janice Spill the Beans at Frankie Negronga is going to be in the building. We also have uh, Ingrid Hoffman, who's going to be doing a cooking demo and talking a little bit about her book. And uh, in addition to all of that, we have a couple of other celebrity people who are kind of like in the cut, haven't really confirmed yet, but... Every year we always have that surprise. As always, Roberto Santa Rosa is the padrino of La Feria and uh, has uh, 
is in the process of actually recording some PSAs for us as we speak. So this is a really big effort. We're a lot of people behind it, and we want you to be behind it. So, like I said, just hashtag for tu familia. So, Lisa, you got an announcement too, right? Yes, I do. Um, I do want to stress, though, about this Feria de Salud. It's really an incredible event. There, there are lots of tables and a lots of goodies that are given away. Um, you definitely come out of there with a lot of information, just stuff to take home. You have a good time, and it's really important, you know, and all of the services that are provided for your health, the trucks that are there free um, for you to just, Take care of you, you know, and bring your family. Take care of your family. Take advantage of this. This is a really incredible event. Um, um, after that, I want to say that on August 31st, after we get done with our summer events and our vacationing and before we go back to work and resume school, every year we have an annual picnic and it is called the People's Poetry in the Park slash Bomba Fest Barbecue with Family and Friends. It does take place in uh, at Orchard Beach in the section where the, the handball courts are at, I think it is. It's all the way in the front of the parking lot, all the way to the left. August 31st, I have the event on Facebook marked at 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. only because that's the uh, hours of the park. I will be there to open the, 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 the park. This is an incredible event with music, poetry, games, uh, lots to do for the kids. Um, the beach is right there, lots of food. It's really a love fest is what it is, and I encourage everybody to come out. Um, there was uh, a proposal that happened last year that was incredible, incredible. So congratulations again to Noel and um, and Kathy. Yeah. So yeah. I expect to see a lot of you. Um, it's incredible. I get over 150 people that come out every year to this thing. It's just a blast. This year we have Mamarati who's going to come with her barriles and she's going to come with her bomberos and pleneros and they're going to do a photo shoot with all of their drums and we're going to have lots of music. It's going to be a grand fest. And it's always the end of the year blowout, um, saying goodbye to the summer and resuming um, our lives, you know, going into the cold season. But this is really incredible. There's a lot of love to be shared yep. and to and be had. I don't mean to cut you off, but we're running out of time. Um, that okay. event is actually going to be the official after party for the volunteers. We're inviting all the volunteers to come down, so we're going to celebrate La Feria de Salud at this event as well. So we're going to come all the, we're going to come together as family there. Um, Cynthia, do you have anything before we go? No, I just want to say how amazing the show was. For me, it was so informative, and it's really making me think, especially what Julia said earlier, I mean, Janice said earlier about asking yourself those questions. So, you know, I, I like that we were able to inform everyone, and I hope that we help uh, people who perhaps are pre-diabetic to get a better understanding of what's going on with themselves. Absolutely. And, and, that's educating, and educating our kids, that's the most important thing, you know. And for the parents Absolutely. to make the changes for our children with what they're eating. Absolutely. And last but not least, I do want to actually say that um, even though we're doing the social media campaign, we do understand that some people are, may not be on social media, but they do have access to the Internet. We have actually uh, put together, uh, the Capicool team, 
has put together a website called latinohealthproject.com. Latinohealthproject.com will be a clearinghouse of all the information that the community shares with the Porto Familia hashtag, and that information will be on one website on a daily basis. It will be updated, and you can look at some of the archives, and there will be all that information that people are going to be sharing is going to be in one place where you can actually reference it at any given time. And it's from all different sources. It's from CNN. It's from WebMD. It's from Diabetes.org. It's from Capicu. It's from Sofrito for Your Soul. It's from uh, um, Salud Today, from Being Latino, DigiBunch, Hispanicize, Latism, everybody. Everybody's collaborating and making this one family project. This is going to be the biggest health social media initiative that ever happened. And it's already happening. It's already started. We've already hit uh, record numbers of people collaborating and sharing information before the launch, and the launch is officially right now. We are officially starting this in about 10 seconds. So I just want to thank everybody for coming out tonight, for, for being with us here on the show. If you can, share this um, uh, podcast with your friends via iTunes or uh, Blog Talk Radio, and uh, we'll see you next time, okay? Mi gente, que Dios lo bendiga y nos vemos después.